Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus and Capitalize. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsort and today I'm talking to Jan Cavell. Welcome Jan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so, so much. I'm very pleased to be here. Great. So, Jan, look, the reason we asked you to join us on the show is that you've got uh, you're a business owner who's been there and done that. You you started the business like a lot of entrepreneurs you're on the proverbial kitchen table. You built it up. I think you, you explored what your some of your succession options um, and learned the hard way. So why don't you give us a bit of a background on your business? It's a better story coming from you. <laughs> well, I'm happy to do that. I, you're right. I started very much kitchen table job and uh, I grew it rather unexpectedly to, to a fairly decent size with a couple of factories and 50 odd people working for me at one stage, uh, which nobody expected me least of all, uh, you know, because I did not know a thing about business. And I certainly therefore never had a plan of what I was going to do with it. It was income from a sort of week to week job when I started. But I was a single mum. I was um, therefore sort of looking to the future a few years in. And both kids were muttering about wanting to come into business briefly. And then in the end, my son did. Um, and he came into the sales department, which he was extraordinarily good at. Um, <laughs> it was all fine. He, he stayed for sort of five or six years, but he was incredibly young when he joined. And I don't know if the listeners have ever had this situation of, of um, one of your children coming into the business. But I found that it was very sort of two hats. Um, if Ava were challenges with the parental relationship, I think, um, you know, young 20s, wanting is thinking he knew everything about business, um, which he did agree, no, he didn't. Um, but equally, I felt I knew everything about business. So, so that was the odd clash. But on the whole, it was it was great. You know, we, I loved it. Um, but I could see he was getting so miserable. Um, so, so literally one day I, I stood up without even a lot of forward planning and I said, um, right, we'll go to pub at lunchtime. And he said, are we? And I said, yeah, I'll buy you a drink. And we sat down and I took a deep breath and I said, I want you to leave the business. He said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> you know, thinking, ah. And it took him about 10 minutes and he said, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? This is wonderful. And so we agreed. I mean, he, he stayed for a while so that I could sort things out. And he went travelling and uh, settled in Australia. Um, so didn't come back, which was was a thought that I had, that it would all work out still on the succession plan in the end. OK, so how big, how old was the business at this stage? I guess probably at that stage, it was about 14 years old. 14 years. And how many people were in the business? At that, at that point, we'd probably come down to a sort of late 30s, around the 40 mark, something like that. 30, 40 people. And it was a manufacturing business, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. So what were you manufacturing? Furniture. Furniture. And uh, for the local market? Not all local, no. We did quite a, a bit for export as well. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, it certainly sort of bombed around through um, Great Britain anyway. Okay. Uh, so 30, 40 people, so a 
a significant SME um, and and doing okay. And then you you keep was it your, your son was he your key salesperson? He he was yeah he was a senior sales as well and I have to say he didn't leave me very well off on that department. Okay so so what happened after that? He leaves the business. He goes off travelling to Australia, stays there. Um, <laughs> You need a new salesperson. You, you've decided your son's not the best exit you know, strategy. It's not good for for, for many reasons. What happens I'll next? Well, uh, the sales actually was never a problem because, of course, it was me that built the sales originally because that was my background. You know, so in actual fact, um, much as I missed him because it was one whole chunk of the business that I actually didn't have to think about. And that as a business owner, as we know, is wow christmas present come early um but uh so so all of a sudden i did have to think about it again and i had to train a, a new team and everything but it it didn't phase me that um but but the isolation did and the why am i doing it did because of course i'd started it you know for us as a family to for, to provide for the children's future and they were off doing their own future, thank you very much. Um, you know, and I told myself it was frightfully sensible and would be good for my retirement. Um, but it wasn't a terribly inspired thing to get out of bed in the morning. And try as I might, I couldn't really get the drive or enthusiasm I once had. Okay, so you're you're going through the period where you're <clears throat> yeah you're losing motivation for the business and and trying to figure out what's next. Um, and take it on. Was it then that you started to think about, well, it, maybe yeah, it's time to exit? <clears throat> it was indeed, um, you know, and having been this incredibly ignorant startup, um, I mean, beyond ignorant, I think, um, you know, I decided to go on some courses in London and join high growth clubs because we were high growth still. And so I started talking to other entrepreneurs and, and started learning, which was fantastic, if a little late in the day. But uh, I turned to them and I said, you know, I, I just can't do this. I can't do this one more day. Please help. You know, who do you know? I don't know anything about selling a business. You know, yeah. do you know anybody who would be interested? Okay. And they made some introductions and everybody kept on saying, you sure, you sure, you sure? Because, you know, it was still a, a nice little business. Thank you very much. I'm sure just get me out of here. Um, and that was when I met um, or started chatting to, actually, to be exact, um, a consortium led by Jeremy Harbour, who I know you've had on the show. Yep. Um, and he, he made me an offer. And so the, that was a sort of crunch moment. And it got quite, it's just as well, he's still nice to me, but because it got quite far down the line when I drove it, when I backed out. Um, you know, it really was um, a deal, you know, deal done, and he'd made me an offer and a good offer at that. Um, but I was only consulted. I remember at the time reading a, a story that some from some entrepreneur that they'd actually got to the meeting where they were going to sign the papers and walked out. So obviously, I'm not the only one who walks away from a deal, however stupid. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, from from the work we do, when business owners. Um, and entrepreneurs, and and I'm calling you an entrepreneur, even though you've sort of discounted the experience you had. That's quite normal in our experience. But one of the things that 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 stalls deals and prevents them from proceeding is is business owners are quite visionary people, and they they 
once they get an idea in their head, they charge full steam ahead and nothing stops them. And, and that's why they're so effective uh, in the marketplace. But if they don't know where they're going next, if they don't know what's next for them, they'll they'll find reasons to stall the deal. And, yeah. and so part of exit planning is getting really clear about what the entrepreneur is going to move on to, whether it's, you know, to, to chair the golf club, to start up a charity, to do whatever, angel investing, there's all sorts of options. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, but most entrepreneurs, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, uh, sipping pina coladas and, and, and sitting on the beach getting a suntan. But after three weeks of that, they've had enough. They're, they're active. They, they like to get things done. They want to keep moving. And so they need to know what that's going to be. And if they don't, they'll find some reason to stay in their business, even though they hate it. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's strangely sort of it gets tied up in your identity, I think, because I'm sure you you see, yeah. you know, but you don't if you if you've been in it that long, you can't imagine what life would be like if it wasn't that. So you can still hate life, but, you know, it, it's just so what, you know, what would life be? And I guess particularly, you know, because it came at a point when the children were leaving home, you know, so so again, that side of life was what's that going to look like or what does that look like not sure yet and you know the whole world seemed to be a bit collapsing around my ears and I clung on to the one thing I shouldn't have clung on to really. Okay so Jeremy makes a deal you go through you you must have learned something by going through that process with Jeremy and got some experience and insight mm. as to how a business is um, transferred um, but at the end of the day the, the 11th hour you decided no what happened after that? Well I uh, for some reason, I thought, OK, I've got to stay in and I will do a good job and I will go on and I will grow the business further. And I, I honestly can't remember. I think I probably lasted another six months till I woke up again thinking, you know, can't face this. And so um, and I was getting more and more physically and mentally run down and exhausted, um, which was a problem. It was getting to be a real problem, you know, because. Uh, all of us are uh, driven on our energy levels and I haven't got any anymore. Um, and I think the next one was was um, an entrepreneur who I knew um, who had several businesses and invested in several. And, you know, we often chatted and he said, oh, well, I'll come in and look after it for you and have a rest. And I thought, you know, thank goodness, that's wonderful. And, you know, I should have not looked a gift horse in the mind, so look for gift horse in the mind. I can't exactly remember that one. But um, either way, I should have smelt around that level of that. Um, because sure enough, um, I guess I'd been at home putting my feet up, wandering and panicking for about two weeks when I got a call from a supplier saying, I gather you're not coming back to business and we've just had your new of guy um who's taking over the business in our offices negotiating terms and i said what you know and uh, it was it was all a put up job to to take control and so i went in kicked him out tried to calm down all the clients because they he'd upset them very very badly um and so so that distracted me for a while <laughs> new challenges yeah, it was. And, you know, again, I think we we quite like that. Um, I think many entrepreneurs thrive when things are rough, um, almost more than when they're going smoothly, you know. It's, it's a sort of slight weird thing. Well, they like problems to solve and fixing yeah. things. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, mopping up his damage was, uh, 
yeah, probably enough to keep me going for a while. Okay, so he's come in. You've you've got rid of him. Yeah. Um, more lessons learned, more more experience under the belt. What's the shape of the business at this stage? You you were 30 or 40 people before. It had suffered. I mean, I guess we were probably down to about 25 maybe at that stage, I would think. Something like that. 28 okay. maybe. But, you so know, the, sort of around mid-late 20s. It had shrunk a bit, you know, almost down to half of what it was in its glory fast yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. Though, though having said that, the glory phase was so chaotic and out of control, we probably didn't even know all those people, need, or need all those people, we probably didn't know them after time either. But we were chucking stuff at problems rather than actually looking at what the problems were, you know, yeah. when well, it's going too fast. Um, that's so, pretty normal. When we've got uncontrolled growth, you know, we, we need to solve problems quickly, and that's yeah, normally by throwing resources at them. Exactly. We don't have a structure, you know, so we're just throwing people at it, and we're mm. putting, creating pressure points everywhere. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so he's he's now out of the business. You're back in. So, um, yeah, new I lease mean, of life, temporarily. Getting keep getting rougher and rougher because I still was really burnt out and gone, and we'd shifted markets. There were lots of things, lots of pressures on the business. Uh, you know, even if it had been running smoothly, it would have been a challenge for me, and it wasn't. Um, and good people had left, and it was just yeah, getting horrible. And a friend of mine who was a VC said, "Oh well." You know, poor old you, you've been through a horrible time. Not to worry, darling. I owe you a favour. You know, honestly, I've really had the Muppet written across my forehead, I think, you know, for several years. So I said, oh, bless you. Thank you so much. Big hugs. That's wonderful. Um, but of course, I should have known VC, you know, um, and not all of them are good guys, shall we say. Yeah. OK, so VC's come in and offered a, a rescue. Um, what, did what, what they often do which was tied me up in please provide this information for months and months so that I couldn't concentrate on the business at all which I've heard is quite a common little one they, they can play so you know you're just bombarded every day to really want to scream with queries about this queries about that and the business is going from bad to worse um, yeah <clears throat> so so again right at the last moment I I I was beginning to wise up that this was not a nice person to do business with or not a wise person to do business with. Um, and so, again, I turned it down at last minute, um, much to his disgust and fury. Um, but I mean, while he was supposedly paying me some money for it, I, I doubt if I'd seen it and the, and the staff certainly wouldn't have kept jobs and I mean, nobody apart from him would have been better off. He, he, I think all he aimed to do was was break it up. Um, okay, so, so you've still got some passion and loyalty towards the staff, wanting to look after the staff, but the business in decline. Yeah, you've gone through several um, Tranches now of of you know false starts of an exit so to speak mm. you know it, it's it's running around it's it's reacting it's it's being highly stressful VC's now out of the business Jan's back into the business what's happening I'm barely walking by this stage um, and as I say because he'd taken all my time for sort of four or five months for state of business by then was just disaster the staff were fairly running a mark and 
we couldn't get the work out the door and the customers were screaming and it was just hell on earth and I was trying to keep it going. And, and literally the turning point was when uh, I walked into the office one morning having, as usual, sent loads of emails at four in the morning to, you know, can you remember this and will you do that? And there was this very bright, perky girl in the office and, you know, she, she just smiled at me and she said, oh, you look tired. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I tried to keep smiling and she said, oh, well, you know, I don't understand why you're doing it. And I said, what do you mean you don't understand why I'm doing it? She said, well, we, you know, we'll all go and get jobs tomorrow down the road. And I thought, I'm being a muppet in a different way. They probably will. Um, and so, you know, I will just get out, whatever the terms, because nothing on earth is worth this. Um, absolutely nothing, whether I'm losing a huge sum of money by not negotiating proper deal. At this stage, it's too late for me. And I mean that literally me as a stoker trying to stand up. And I spoke to, I'd been working with, just to be on the safe side with an insolvency company, just to say, is this okay, is this legal? And like, you know, because we were sort of bouncing along the bottom. And I spoke to them and I said, oh, you know, enough's enough. And he said, well, we can restructure, it's okay. I mean, there's things we can do. I said, I can't, I cannot do it anymore. Um, just get me out and I know a competitor's interested. Um, but they won't take on the buildings and the, um, well, they'll take some machinery maybe, but they won't take on the whole thing as is. But he he is interested in some of the people because that's the brand name and the people to him were worth something, um, you know, but which which solved my conscience, um, you know, on on the people score. <clears throat> um, so so you know it was an easy deal to make to to break it up, let it go, you know, the landlord suffered, um, but that was about it, you know. Um, so what you ended up doing is a, is essentially a fire sale, yeah. just sold yeah. the brand and the assets and and you got no leverage, um, real valuation other than than hard assets by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, the yeah, basically, um, uh, he was, as I say, he was interested in the brand and the designs and the brand name because it still had a reputation. Um, okay. So, so it's... By the sounds of it, you you had you started with an offer in the heyday. It didn't feel right to you, um, yeah. And, and I guess partly because you weren't aware of some of the planning and, and and preparation you needed to do, and because of that, you know, you, know, you were offered a, a package, but it didn't didn't proceed. And then it sounds like it was a gradual decline. And um, yeah, unfortunately, of me and the business, I think. of you and the business. All right, so. <laughs> So you finally got out, um, and, and what sort of time frame was this between the first offer and, and when you finally exited? Four or five years, I would think. Four or five years, so a long and painful yeah. withdrawal by the sounds of it. Awful, awful four or five years. You know, I don't regret the business, but my goodness, I should have made a move a bit sooner and got on with it, whether it was the right decision or not. Well, hindsight's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so how long ago was that that you actually exited the business? Um, five, six years ago now. Okay, so five or six years ago, you know, you talked about your energy and, and you being a mess, you know, talking to you now, it doesn't seem like that. You, you've got some good your energy and you can reflect and look back and, and talk about it, um, you know, 
without too much attachment by the sounds of it you've you know what i'm picking up is that you've moved on um, you've, so. you've let that go so so what is it you're doing now <laughs> well i decided to to follow my childhood dream um you know it was very much me time now as opposed to providing for the children and so i write and i am currently just about to produce my second book which you know, and I still get really challenged and excited about it in a way I guess I never did over producing furniture, which was just a product, you know, but I'll I'll bounce up and down and say, I'm an author. Excuse me, I'm an author. <laughs> you know, so it's great. It's lovely. Okay. So so what are you writing about, Jan? I write about entrepreneurship for all that, which which I worried was um something I, I shouldn't do. In a, in a funny sort of way. It's crazy, isn't it? When we go through these long drawn out um, disasters at the end, we forget we've actually run a successful business for, you know, considerably longer than that period. Um, and, you know, you do for a long while feel absolutely worthless. But um, but I had learned an awful lot uh, along the way, and, and particularly towards the end when I decided learning was a good thing and made time to do so. Um, you know, and I think while that learning was also teaching me that it would have been almost impossible to save that business as it stood anyway, because you just had to unpick so much to go back to, an, you know, a tiny beginning and then build it up properly with the right systems, right people, etc. You know, uh, at least I could share that with other people and get them, well, not get them, but uh, hopefully encourage them to avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Bit, bit through writing or podcasting or whatever. Okay, so so what? So you've been through a long, drawn out, painful, uh, dare I say, it experience, and now you're sharing that learning, what you learned through that journey with others, so that hopefully they don't have to go through what you did. Um, teaching about how they need to prepare their business to increase its valuation, um, the sort of things you need to do to have the business exit ready, um, as opposed to just running the business on a day-to-day -day basis, um, all the things that buyers look for and, and de-risk it for them by the sounds of it, and, and just from a, here's what I wish I knew before type of thing. The, the first book I wrote was absolutely about that because I could see um, from my own experiences and also friends who are you know there, there are other entrepreneurs i know who were going oh i'm going to get out today oh well you know I, I had an offer but it wasn't good enough and i don't know what i'm doing and so i'll stay in and you know it's so common as you know um and i just felt that that gap of going up a bit but not completely scaling you know and not knowing what to do about exit, um, not knowing how to scale properly and all those things was something that wasn't perhaps talked about enough and might be worth sharing, particularly which I did with scale is, is bring in some of the people I'd got to know to help with the advice and share stories, which which they did, including Jeremy. Um, bless him. <laughs> Still tolerant of me. But uh, um, but yeah, so so that was particularly focused on that, and it gave me the confidence to think, yeah, I can still say something worthwhile, I guess. Um, so so the the next one, start for success, is is very much concentrating on people who are in the early stages or even aspiring to get them to put the foundations that I didn't in from the start. Yeah, well, yeah, from what we see is that there there is inflection points in a business and you know, 
most business owners, well, they're only going to sell their business once uh, on the whole. You know, I know there's exceptions to that rule and they'll buy and sell the same business back again, but they'll, they'll sell a business once for, on the whole. So yeah. it's not something they have a lot of experience with. But when they scale their business, they've got to grow their business. There, there is a mindset shift at a point where it shifts from, hey, I've got to increase the revenue every year. Um, and, and it moves to that mindset from being, I'm in charge, this is my business, I, I get to call the shots, to when they start to uh, move into a scalable business where they start to change their mindset from revenue focus to the business thinking of the business as an asset and going what's the asset value of this business and then you know set that with that inflection point comes a separation and going hey look I'm, i have a role in the business to play but i'm not the business yeah. um and that's the the key point and when when they you know, will help businesses through that inflection point and but is it it is a change of mindset which is the key that uh, we've seen and uh, that is the biggest thing that will make their business attractive to be acquired of course. Uh, and that was uh, that was exactly why I, I i struggled with that alongside everybody else but i think two things made it possibly a little bit worse for me which which also will apply to other people listening but um, one, I was sales background. So, you know, we naturally can't stop ourselves thinking, you know, oh, well, I can get that deal. Yeah, I know they can't produce it and they're all going to collapse on their knees, but oh, that's so exciting, you know, and you, it's very difficult to let go the focus yes. on revenue um, if you're sales oriented. I think doubly difficult. And the other mistake was having come from a kitchen table and building a reputation personally. I stuck with my name as a business name, which put me so central. Uh, it was very difficult for anybody to see anything separate about the business. And yeah. so even when I sold the brand, it was my name I sold, which is quite bizarre. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it, we've seen it with a number of other businesses. It is possible to grow beyond the name and for the name to become a brand. Uh, but yeah, absolutely right. You know that moving from the the, the mindset of you know because a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah, they're solving problems and they go, the business needs me. You know, that's, yeah. that's good. I feel important. I'm I have a a vital role to play. The business depends on me. And and what one of my clients said to me once is, you know, hey, look, I get it now. The more the the more the business needs me, the less it's worth. So uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, um, okay, Jan, so you, you're working, so your first book was all about, hey, your journey and, and you know, helping business owners to do as you say, not as you do, so to speak. What's okay. the next book, I think, and that book's available on Amazon? It, it that book, Scale for Success, is, it's been out for a few years now, it came out just when the pandemic hit, but uh, um, Scale for Success is out. But Start for Success, which um, is, is a broader one in many ways, um, is out in January. As of the 3rd of January, the moment anybody comes back, it'll be available for pre-order. Uh, so, so that'll be pretty good. Uh, you know, I think like everything else, you learn a little bit more as you go along with books. And we'll put those links in the show notes alongside. So if people want to follow up and read the book and, and, and learn what not to do, uh, they can do that. Jan, look, what's the thanks? I really appreciate sharing your insights and being so open and vulnerable with the audience to go because this is important, important stuff. Jan, I'm just wondering, what's the, the, the one key thing you'd really appreciate and, and you really want to share and, and have listeners take away from our conversation today? From the start, 
have an exit plan and plan your business accordingly. So if you unexpectedly wake up hating it or wanting out for any reason one day, you can and you can do it properly. Okay. So plan for an unplanned exit as well as yep. a planned exit. Absolutely. Plan B. Wiser words could not have been said. Hey, I really appreciate uh, you sharing your thoughts today. My pleasure.